Welcome to The Fader Interview. I'm Alex Robert Ross, Editorial Director of The Fader. Juan Waters' creative approach changed almost completely about four years ago. Until then, he'd been a somewhat solitary artist, recording sweet-sounding, Beatles-indebted, mostly English-language pop music. First as a member of the New York City-based rock band The Beats, and then under his own name. But in 2017, seeking fresh inspiration, he packed his studio equipment into suitcases, left his home in Queens, New York, and went on a journey around Latin America. He recorded with local musicians as he snaked across Mexico, Peru, Chile, Argentina, and Uruguay, where he was born and had been brought up until his family left for Queens when Waters was 17. The resulting albums, La Onda de Juan Pablo and Introducing Juan Pablo, were brilliant departures, kaleidoscopic records that introduced a curious singer-songwriter finally ready to leap into the unknown. His new album, Real Life Situations, is another exercise in collaboration. Mac DeMarco, Peter Homeshake, Nick Hakim, Cola Boy, and El David Aguiar all contribute, and it's more diverse than anything he's released before. Recorded either side of lockdown, the album reflects Waters' love for the radio, which he listens to almost constantly. Hip-hop, folk, R&B, and indie rock drift in and out of the mix, but Waters remains present, sometimes so much so that he'll directly address the listener in a spoken word interlude. Around the album's release, I called Waters at his apartment in Montevideo, where he was working on another one of the jigsaw puzzles that have kept him going through quarantine, to talk about the importance of radio, the need for collaboration in lockdown, and the unconventional process behind real-life situations. So congratulations on the album. Thank you. You mentioned in the middle of the record that you were taking a, a one-way flight to Uruguay. Are you back in New York now? Uh, next month. <laughs> so are you in Montevideo now? I am, yeah. How's it been down there during lockdown? COVID actually hit here hard for the first time in um, January. Up until January, it was uh, quite uh, quite low, the, the number of uh, cases and deaths. But from January till now, it's actually spiked a lot. It's went up uh, drastically and uh, people are dying and the population here is um, quite low. There's only three million and a half people living in the country. So if like 60 people are dying a day, it's a pretty big number. I mean, actually, you know, I haven't seen many people. It's strange. I wanted to be here to experience uh, my hometown, you know. I left uh, quite young and I've never had a chance to spend uh, decent amount of time here. But it was a weird way to experience it, knowing uh, <laughs> the situation, right? Yeah. You have family in Montevideo. Yeah, my, my father's brother, my uncle, and my mom's sister, my aunt, and cousins, and I have uh, lifelong friends. But you can't really see them. Not so much, not so much. At the beginning, like I said, yes, I came here uh, and it was like there was no COVID up until the new year. I have some people that I see, but it's not the same, you know? You know how it is like, uh, every time you see someone, you're a little bit worried about like getting the virus or passing it on. Quite an experience <laughs> living these days. The whole album, inevitably, it can't help but being a response to the situation in the world. I know that you recorded and wrote a lot of it before the first lockdown. I'm curious about what happened in March of last year. You had a lot of the album written and then you took basically two months away from the music after the lockdown. Why did you do that? 
I don't know how you felt uh, right when uh, COVID hit, but I didn't feel uh, inspired at all. My mind was uh, fixated in uh, all the information we're getting about this virus. And I was in New York because as soon as it hit, I wanted to be home close to my parents and uh, close to what I know as for like having a place to go to a hospital. You know, I was I happened to be working in Mexico at the time. And I was thinking if uh, if I have to go to a hospital in Mexico, I have no idea how it is, you know. I don't have uh, people to take care of me here if there's an emergency. So I went back home to New York. And New York, uh, it was hit right at the beginning. And there were a lot of uh, deaths. And uh, I couldn't help uh, but to be worried about the global situation. And uh, I put aside everything that had to do with my personal activity. I don't know, I thought it'd be important to uh, do something for the world. I, I did some volunteering work in my community, but I, did, I was not interested in working in music at the time. So after two months of, of volunteering and stepping away, what was it that made you realize that you could go back to the music? I didn't think of it at the time, but now that you ask, slowly the weather started getting better. You know, spring started coming along. I have a basement in my house where I live. I set up uh, like a studio setting in the basement. I, I had it in, in a different part of the house, but for some reason I wanted to be half outside, half inside, because you know, I have a backyard and a basement. So I thought if I put the, the studio in the basement, I could be hanging out outside and pop in and out of the studio quickly, you know? Kind of like a garage. I started uh, mostly just, uh, I was building puzzles at the time and I was listening to a lot of music really loud. And I was making uh, uh, loops, like uh, sort of like beats. I, I have uh, some people in New York that I, I make beats for. So sometimes I make beats with a keyboard I have and I would just keep them going on a loop. Uh, and uh, that was how slowly I got back into uh, enjoying music making and enjoying listening to music. There were a lot of collaborations that you'd done with other musicians around the world before it. Did you feel when you went back to it, did you feel comfortable with the fact that you had enough of that already? Or did you feel frustrated that maybe you, you wanted to have more collaborators and go to more places and see more people to get them on the album? Well, initially the idea was to uh, collaborate uh, on every track. I had such a great uh, experience collaborating with uh, people on my previous album. I had a lot of uh, instrumentalists come along and play on my songs. Up until then, I had I would record all the albums by myself. So I had such a great experience having other people playing in my albums that I said, okay, this time around, let's collaborate in the songwriting. So that was the original idea, but once it got, um, once we hit COVID, I had to put it aside, like I said. So then uh, I started listening to the songs back and, uh, and slowly they started making sense together as a whole. But no, and, uh, not at any moment I felt frustrated because, like I said, uh, I was more frustrated with the moment we were living in. Not frustrated, but more uh, concerned about life than my album. So then once I started listening to the songs uh, together, and among other music I was making at the time, started making sense together and I was able to compile a new album different from what I originally thought, but it makes sense because the world, we had a drastic change then, so that drastic change also affected all of our lives and in that, that way affected the outcome of this album. It's interesting to listen to now because 
there are those moments when you're collaborating with friends and bringing people into the experience, like with Mac and with Nick Hakim. And then there are moments like Locura, which it's a very lonely song. Does it feel strange hearing that now there are these almost these two worlds on the record where there's songs like Locura, which seem lonely, and then other songs which feel very collaborative and almost celebrating the time before COVID? Uh, yeah, good point. I I hadn't uh, thought of it that way, actually. Yeah, it's true that those two worlds coexist in the album. I, had, I hadn't thought of it that way. Um, and now that I heard you say all those things, uh, it's, it's uh, strange to... Uh, think that a couple of months before it was it was going to be such a communal album and then half of it or maybe less than a little bit less than half of it ended up being um, the opposite of communal more like loneliness someone in a room trying to figure out what to do alone you mentioned that on La Onda de Juan Pablo is a very collaborative album and it takes in different geographical locations so it's all based on different cities in South America and different places in South America and as you experience them and let them in this album as well there's you you said Toronto Mexico City New York Los Angeles and London do you feel that each of the songs here in the same way as your last record that there's a there's a real sense of a geographical place that, that these songs sound different and and somehow represent the cities they were made in not so much uh, as the other album I would say because uh the La Onda de Juan Pablo, I, what I tried to focus on was to uh, bring out the folklore, uh, traditional folklore of uh, each place. Whereas uh, in this album, though I worked with local artists, uh, let's say, well, Peter Homeshake, uh, he's Canadian. I went to Canada. I don't know if he plays Canadian music, you know? Well, he's Canadian, so therefore he makes Canadian music, you know? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what Canadian music is, you know. Uh, Mac, he's Canadian, but he lives in LA. So, well, the song is quite kind of LA, but also very Mac, you know. Uh, Mac uh, is a Canadian dude. It's not so much uh, influenced by location, I would say, as the other. But definitely I've learned from doing this, going to another place to work on a, an album, or work on a particular song it does affect the outcome of the song because uh, you're exposed to a new reality by traveling and uh, you're out of your comfort zone so uh, other things will emerge from that but uh, it, does, it doesn't have that specific uh, sound of a specific location as the other one does, I, I think Well, the, the song presentation that we did with uh, Nick Hakim and Benamin uh, Benamin is a New Yorker and uh, we really wanted to hit uh, some kind of like New York, uh, like kind of like a cliche of a New York vibe we wanted to have in that song. And uh, I think uh, us New Yorkers, we kind of hit it in a way, you know? What does New York sound like to you? Oh, I don't know. It could be like uh, jazz, or like Gershwin. It could be salsa music. It could be uh, hip hop, disco music, punk rock, you know? 
there's a, a lot of sounds uh, uh, in New York that emerged from there, but exactly what it is that comes out to New York, I think, is uh, giving yourself the freedom to uh, break through styles and, uh, and show your personality. Sometimes when I travel, I see this difference in New York. You could wear a crazy outfit and people say, hey, yeah, good. You know, they say, hey, good. Like they, they, they cheer you up, you know. Other places, they look at you like you're crazy, you know. In music, it's the same. You go, you do you, do you, you, you do the music that you like, you do you, you do like whatever comes out of you. And if you, if you keep true, if, you, if you're not like a, a poster, people cheer you up in New York. In other places, they might bring you down. They say, why you act so weird, you know? So in a way, I think that's New York music, kind of like, uh, empower, uh, it's like an empowering thing, like uh, bringing that out. Whatever makes you, you, or whatever persona you want to make of you, bring that out. Nothing, no, what more do? Bills to pay, let me say. Got caught up in the system, got fed up and I did. And now they're on their knees. I'm about to say peace. There must be lights shining brighter somewhere. been in Queens for such a long time and it's such a big part of who you are and the music that you've made. On Real with, with Mac, you, you sing about traveling as a reflex and wondering when you'll feel at home. Do you feel truly settled? Is, is, that, is there this sense that like you're constantly still searching for home? I still am. Look, look where I am, you know. But also with Mac, um, when we first sat down to do the song, we didn't have anything planned out. His, his ideas were uh, coming from a different angle. Me, I would bring up lyrics and stuff like that. Whereas for him, it was uh, more production that he, he brought up to the table. But anyways, but what we wanted to celebrate in the making of the song was that him and I have been doing music for a long time. We've been traveling uh, the world for a long time. We've been doing what we love for a long time. And we're still doing it. So we wanted to celebrate that, uh, how we still go and do it. And so then we touched on topics like, uh, why do we leave home so much? Why do we have this urgency to uh, leave our hometown in search of like uh, something else, you know? We would talk about that and in, in some way uh, it got uh, brought up on the song. Because uh, Mac, Mac is from a small town in Canada that he left behind also. I never left in New York because I'm not from a small town. I'm from New York. It's such a cool place, you know, like, <laughs> where am I going to go? You know? <laughs> I still leave New York all the time. But you can always come back. Exactly. That's, that's home. Like, uh, I'm going back to see my parents in uh, a couple of weeks, you know. Back in Howard Beach, Queens, the family had no idea what was going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looks 
some time to see my way. There is sadness to this as well. At the end of the album, you talk about New York as a dream of a dream of a city, almost a place that doesn't exist. Like it's just a place in your mind. Is that a sadness about things in New York that have maybe changed over in your lifetime, in your adulthood? Or is it just a sense that maybe the the New York that you love and that a lot of people love maybe didn't ever exist? Well, uh, New York is known to be the ever-changing place. You know, you have to love it for what it, for that, for being that. Uh, it's gone through up and downs throughout history. I'm, a, I'm such a fan of the story of New York, the city of a dream, how they say, a dream of a city, in everyone a dream. I don't know, It's that's a poem I wrote. Well, mostly I think is uh, we were reflecting a lot with our my New York friends uh, at the time, you know? And us, you know, we're not to hate on people that have money, but sometimes when it comes down to it, uh, pe- everybody that had money left the city, you know? So, you're only a New Yorker when it's convenient to you in some way, you know? <laughs> so we were like, we're kind of like, come on, man. Like, why, why are you guys leaving to your, like, homes outside the city? When, like, when it gets hard here, you should stay and, and help each other out, you know? So we started commenting on that and also how New York, uh, it's a dream, but sometimes a dream could be a nightmare. So we're thinking about that. And, and I wrote that poem. But... Yeah, I think sometimes of the New York I first got to that when like people would sit on the stoop and and there was more much more lively and there wasn't much uh, of a police state like it is now. But then at the same time, I have no option but to accept it because uh, I mean we also participate in the way we can in like local politics in 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 whichever way you can. You know, I'm, I mean I participate, but there's always more to do. You know. And uh, the system is so strong in New York. It's the it's the the capital of uh, capitalism, you know, worldwide in some way. So <laughs> there's also all that. But uh, at the same time, like I said, uh, bottom line, uh, I accept it because uh, the city is going to change. And uh, if it always stayed the same, it wouldn't be New York. Some people come and they live there for 10 years, then they leave, you know, some people, I have people on my block that they never left the block, you know, they, they don't even go outside the block. They live their whole life on the same street, you know. On that note, so much of your music historically is, I think lyrically, you've always tended to think about other people and, and write other people's stories. You, I think your lyrics can be very, in the in the truest sense, observant, like you observe other people's lives. And sometimes you fill in the blanks and, and make fiction of them, but it's it's not it's not always about yourself. It, it can be about others. But this past year must have made that. You were saying about being in Montevideo and you can't really see anyone. How difficult has it been to write your lyrics and to to think about the the worlds, other people's worlds, while you are locked inside? Oh, I still go outside and uh, I still uh, relate. Uh, to other people's lives uh, in my in my own way, you know, uh, you know, you never have the truth, but it's uh, impossible to like not to uh, pay attention to everyone who's going through a hard time these days uh, financially, you know, and uh, to uh, put their, the, yourself in their feet. Uh, a lot of people have fallen into uh, drug abuse over this uh, past year. 
worldwide, you know, it's been quite tense. I think about that a lot, but I also, you know how I was saying, perhaps sounded kind of judgmental uh, towards like people that left the city because they had an option, you know, uh, because they had money, they were able to go upstate or whatever. But at the same time, uh, it probably it's probably quite nice, you know, to uh, have the access to that stuff. And uh, I wonder how it feels to them, you know. So I think uh, I don't, I don't, I don't put down people. I'm not uh, jealous or envious for, of people that uh, have a better uh, standard of life, or vice versa. I'm not judgmental towards people that live on the street, you know. I've been uh, thinking about. Uh, all this while lockdown, but I haven't been writing music so much. I did some writing uh, back in November, and I will be writing as soon as I get back to New York now. But we have kind of like a small operation uh, at the Juan Waters, uh, Juan Waters uh, headquarters, you know? It's just me and my friend uh, who take care of all the business. And, uh, you know, I've had to do a lot of uh, work regarding the release of uh, my album. So I haven't had much time to work on uh, music the way I would like to. Because when I work in music, I like to uh, dive into that world and put everything aside and, and kind of concentrate obsessively over music making. I, I feel like from that type of uh, thinking pattern, I excel the most, I think. I can't just like put uh, uh, something aside and, and do it for two hours and come back. It's more of a day-long kind of activity. I think this is reflected in the way that this album is built and structured, where it feels like a, a radio, like you're listening to the radio, like you're flipping through radio stations. This isn't the first time that you've done this. Like introducing Juan Pablo, you had a, this, you know, ephemeral sounds, like things that you were just picking up and hearing that, that everything can be music. I, I think there's like that, there's an interesting line on this record where you say, it's not music, it's not poetry, it's not art, it's the expression of a feeling, which seems to be something about, the, that says something about this album. Why would you want to create this impression of that the listener is listening to the radio? I, I love listening uh, to radio. I love, uh how, like, look, we'll turn on the radio. I mean, we can listen to I mean, we have no, it's not the same as YouTube, uh, that you can choose what to listen to. Like, it's more of a, uh, of a feeling of uh, letting go and like, okay, whatever is happening on the radio, I listen to it. And uh, you learn to, uh, uh, I think I've learned to enjoy uh, music genres. I've learned to listen to people with different opinions than mine. Uh, there's something about uh, listening to radio I really like. I, I think it comes from traveling because uh, all the traveling I do, the radio, even though it's like a, kind of an absolute way of uh, listening to something like not many people listen to radio it's the only way I have to feel present in the area because if I go to uh, let's say where are you located now I'm in Toronto okay let's say I go to Toronto uh, I love uh, uh, what is it called the Canada radio CC CC what is it called CBC CBC let's say uh, I spent a lot of time in Toronto, actually, I did. And in Toronto, they have this law that they have to play uh, a certain percentage of Canadian music, right? So, you know, like, 
that's the only way I get to experience Canada. Because if I open my computer, I open my YouTube, my Spotify, my Apple Music, whatever, it will show me what I want, you know, what I just heard in New York. So uh, I, I found that boring, you know. Uh, I was like, okay, I'm not really traveling, you know. So by turning on the radio, it makes me feel like I'm present in the, at the place. Uh, I get to listen to whatever the DJ wants to play here, whatever uh, social commentary they have. I, I listen to whatever issues are going through uh, in that town. Maybe uh, I think I wanted that sort of uh, feeling to uh, uh, happen uh, on the radio. I also really like uh, something about movies. There's a, there, I, I'm, I'm not a, a movie guy because I don't really watch m much many movies, but uh, I like the sound of a movie sometimes as I build my puzzles or work on things, I, I listen to movies. And in some way, I feel like this album, I wanted to uh, have that type of sound. Like if it's a movie throughout, it goes through places, it develops, it has an intro, it has a closure, it has a develop, uh, like uh, I feel like the tracks go along well together. There's different uh, spaces in between songs that help uh, glue them together. I, I wanted to step away a little bit from uh, the classic. I've, I've been doing it for the past, but I, the more I do it, the better I get at it, I guess, to make uh, a sound throughout. I had to compromise a little bit because I, I was advised by the label that the songs should end sharply and should start sharply, you know? to have it clear for when someone wants to play it away from the album. I mean, I compromise sometimes a little bit. Because <laughs> I'm part of a team, you know? I don't want to be so closed up. It's interesting hearing you talk about puzzles because it sounds like your process is quite similar to putting together a large puzzle. Definitely. Uh, also, music making is very much like that. Uh, you know, uh, in this album, we have a lot of that. Let's say the song we did with Mac. Uh, we have one song at the beginning and one song at the end that we put them together with a little clip that we found. He has an Italian heritage and there's a neighborhood close by that we would go to sometimes called Howard Beach where Gotti's from, you know, Gotti, the famous mafia guy. I said something about Howard Beach and said, yeah, let's put that in there. <laughs> and then a second part starts, you know. I came into music making through math, you know. And math is also... You have uh, different things that uh, you're dealing with and you solve a problem. Same here, like we have all these pieces and we have to solve the big problem, which is like putting it together. Same with music, you, you have a chorus, a, a verse, a solo. You have to make it work in a structure that uh, works together to you. Well, Juan, that is a perfect place to, to finish. Thank you so much for talking to me. Thanks, Alex. Uh, truly a uh, really nice interview. Thanks for taking the time too. Good luck coming back to New York. Thank you. That was Juan Waters talking to The Fader. Waters' new album, Real Life Situations, is out now via Captured Tracks. Our engineer is Tony Giambroni, and our associate producer is Salvatore Mackey. We'd like to thank Lauten Audio for providing our microphones. You can find them at lautenaudio.com. And we'd like to thank James Ivey for providing our intro music. Remember to follow The Fader interview wherever you listen to podcasts and keep an eye on thefader.com for essential music news, interviews, and essays. We'll be back next week with another episode of The Fader interview. Goodbye until then.